All right. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Kings and Priests podcast with myself and my co-host, Dean Sweetman. What's up, Dean? Hi. How you doing? I'm doing good. Just uh, back from a few days of vacation with the family. So just getting caught up on everything. Yeah. Which is is always fun. And you're like a month behind. Yep. Yeah, we were in Palm Springs, hung out by the pool. We were staying in a house uh, with two other couples, and there were five kids under the age of five. So I don't, I don't know that it was super relaxing, but it was. Uh, I got, I got out of doing that. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah, you come home pretty exhausted, but the good mm-hmm. memories. Exactly. The whole house was up by between five thirty and six every day, and uh, yeah. you know, so it's good. Oh. Good times. Vacation is yeah. different with a kid, you know. Amen. Um, but we got so much to talk about today. Um, since we have talked last, things have taken. We got thirty-five trillion dollars to talk about. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that was going to kind of be, yeah. So and this was crazy for me because I was during the great financial uh, crisis. I was only eighteen, so eighteen, oh, nineteen. Eight. Yeah, or maybe no, maybe I was I was like about nineteen or twenty at the time. So I had right. no idea. I mean. I kind of got was, what was going on, but I didn't really understand the effects of it. But to look at these numbers, so just for reference, so since the beginning of the year, $35 trillion in global market value has been erased, right? Which is 14% of all global wealth. Mm. That includes includes the, this is incredible, the trillion dollars in losses in crypto. Crypto is just- um, That was just like in one week, right? Yeah. Last week, uh-huh. almost. Yeah. Um, so that's a, a 14% decline. So reference 2008 was a 19% decline. So we're like, I know it may, to me, I guess it feels different because it's not necessarily, totally. a, we're not feeling the effect on like the middle class yet, at least in, no. in a broad way, but it's crazy yeah. out there, huh? Yeah. I was thinking about this, uh, when you shot this, no, the notes over, like this feels very different. I was, I was pastoring a pretty young church in 2000, the dot com bubble. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. 08, which was largely a housing crisis. Mm-hmm. Um, so dot com was technology stocks. 08 was housing. Um, other big events that, you know, kind of you think around 9-11, you know, but I think we had a little recession a little mm-hmm. bit after that. Um, and so, and this, and this feels totally different. And I think there's a bunch of conflicting things. So you've got <clears throat> um, COVID, massive growth for some companies, massive decline for others, um, which led to, um, you know, an humble, no one could have predicted 2021 stock market being what it did. It was mm-hmm. just insanity. Mm-hmm. And when everything's flying like that, everyone's making money. When everything is easy like that, everyone's making money. And so when that changes, um, it that's a big shakeout. Mm-hmm. And so you've got that, but then you've got, so you then put in all the choppiness of COVID, um, Russia war in Ukraine and all supply down, mm-hmm. basically half of China locking down again. Right. COVID. And they're still and locked then, down, right? Right. And then only 3.5% unemployment in America. Yeah, that's wild. Like, what the heck is that? Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. usually, the, I've never seen a cycle like this. Because typically, if the economy slows, people tighten up their spending. All of a sudden, you know, everything everything slows down. Output, productivity, cash, mm-hmm. everything slows. And then, you know, people start laying off people. Right. Right. And then unemployment goes back up. And I mean, we're not really seeing that maybe aside from like late stage startups that 
tech, I mean, tech is it's on pause, you know, okay. so there, there's a lot of comments around like, hey, let's just hiring freeze. Let's if you're a startup right now and you are burning cash, man, you need to be because you will not raise money anywhere near the valuation you did mm -hmm. last year. If you need cash in the next mm -hmm. 18 months, mm -hmm. you better put on the brakes on all spending yeah. and down the hatches and just get through it. Some of these some of these things, these companies that went public through a SPAC a couple of years ago, they're. I read their current valuations are below their last yeah. private valuation. Correct. Not even, not even taking into consideration basically going into the public market. That's crazy. Yeah, you're probably too young to remember Pets.com and Webvan, <laughs> but those two companies in the 2000 were run up to massive value, and then of course they're no more. Right? Um, you know, fast forward 20 years with the technology catch up, you, you've got Instacart and DoorDash and everyone doing delivery you couldn't do it back in 2000 even though they tried and then you've got you know amazon you know is just like you just buy everything in one spot now but those those two companies are not around anymore i think what we're going to see uh certainly in the tech space is there'll be a washout and there'll be a bunch of companies that will never come back mm -hmm. and you know as, as painful as that is it's actually good for the system mm -hmm. it's like a bushfire it's like a forest fire like everybody hates it and because we build houses in the way of the fire, which that's terrible, and people lose their homes. Putting that aside, mm -hmm. the bushfire actually brings back the forest much healthier and much better. And uh, recessions and slowdowns and tech collapses do the same thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I guess what's crazy to me, and this is what – and again, I'm no economist, so I just sort of hear what I hear and try and make sense of it on my own. But um, you have obviously these tech companies that have just been getting hammered valuations wise. And then at the same time, you have basically what looks like the Americans racking up the most monthly consumer debt in over a decade in February, yeah. right? So is there like a lag of what maybe a certain demographic, uh, a, a certain like income level of someone has felt in the last eight weeks or so? Is that lag six months from now when you've got middle class people who have been putting gas on their credit cards and basically right. no longer having their stimulus money? Right. And then having racked up credit card debt again, you know, after a couple of years of having paid it off. Are we right. like, I mean, is this going to get, I, I'm not asking for a prediction, but is this like, does this get worse or are we at in the worst of it? Well, there's, you know, there's, I think we're at the beginning of it. I think mm -hmm. um, the problem is, is that everyone has a, job that wants one and everyone is getting paid better. Now you need it because everything's all the prices are inflating. Mm -hmm. So it costs eight and a half percent more than it did last year to do the same thing. So I'm doing this year, but I'm making more money, right? I'm kind of Joe average. Mm -hmm. So that is good for a while. I, I don't know if that changes. Like if, if uh, companies start laying off workers in big numbers, then the labor market, the only thing that's keeping this from being a full blown like depressive crash mm -hmm. is is labor markets are so strong. Um, you know, we live in Utah kind of half the year. Unemployment, 1.5%. Wow. That's like anything three and a half is considered total employment because mm -hmm. uh, you always have people sloshing in and around the system. But so everyone's got a job and everyone's getting paid well. Mm -hmm. So I hopefully, even though if we go into a recession, which is too quarters of you know negative negative growth. growth yeah but we did one right q1 mm -hmm. was negative mm -hmm. um it, it it might be we just get through it right with the consumer continue to spend to keep us going so it's not a heavy recession
That's that's what the Fed's trying to do. They'll put up rates again next month, 50 points. They'll probably mm-hmm. do it one more time after that. Uh, they might only do 25, the one after this one. They're just trying to land, you know, it's called a soft landing mm-hmm. right, for a reason. You're mm-hmm. trying to, we had an overheated economy, we had a booming economy for almost 10 years, and now they're trying to land this thing back. And uh, let's see what happens. Man, that's wild. It's it's it definitely it it feels like it was one of those things for me. It just feels like yeah, the stock market obviously doesn't. That's not the whole. I mean, the stock market and the and the economy are so in what it feels like detached from one another in many ways, right? Yeah. So you see these stock prices down, and all of them are these like big tech names. But when you read something like thirty five trillion of total market value is erased, yeah. uh, that's a huge that's a huge thing. So. Uh, I sent you a video this last week uh, that is a, a has a accompanying slide deck, which we'll put in the show notes. But I thought yeah. it was really interesting. So David Sachs, who runs Craft Ventures, who is one of, the, one of the PayPal, uh, original PayPal mafia. And um, they did a presentation for all of their founders, which was basically just how to operate in a downturn. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to like walk through. I actually have a couple questions for you about just some of the things he was talking about here at the beginning. And then, and then maybe we can just talk through uh, for anybody who's like operating a business in this type of environment. Yeah. What does that look like? And what are some of the different levers to, to let up on? And what are some of the ones to, to push down? So my first question is there's all this talk about um, uh, like uh, multiples on revenue, right? So the way companies are priced, can you just give me like, just a quick, like startup, Pricing yep. for dummies. Why, yep. like, how did they get so high, highly valued and why are they now getting right. crushed? Well, they were overvalued. So a, a price multiple is literally take your year's earnings. So let's say I earned $1 million, mm-hmm. right? That was my, um, you know, my projection for 2022. There's another factor there. You, you can times go forward earnings 12 months, right? So I literally take this month times that by 12, and that's my earnings, right? So let's say for round numbers, it's a million. And let's say I'm growing, you know, 50% plus a year. Let's say I'm doubling my business every year. Well, I could get over, I could get 20 times. So my company could be worth $20 million because what, what you know, investors are looking at is here's a million dollars in revenue, but it's doubling every 12 months. So this company is just, you know, that's the mm-hmm. proverbial hockey stick, right? Up mm-hmm. and to the right. Mm-hmm. Um, if I'm growing at 20% a year, now I'm at, you know, pre this little pullback, this big pullback, you could still get 12, 15 X, right? Times. Now it's down to like six. <laughs> and eight, okay. Right? Mm-hmm. And that's and, for a SaaS company. Or because the the kind of business it is has everything to do with the multiple that it gets in the market. Is that right? Correct. Yeah, exactly. So, and that's all about revenue and go forward projections and how fast you're growing and how much of the market is still left to get, right? Like, have you, have you exhausted, is this business gone as far as it can go? And now it's just going to incrementally grow, you know, five, 10% a year. Um, and, and you own it in the long haul, if it was a public you know, stock, mm-hmm. um, but, you know, venture exists to accelerate growth mm-hmm. beyond just what, you know, you would normally get. You want to, you know, two, three, four, five times, you know, the return when you, when you invest from a venture perspective. So, you know, it's all um, business of value differently depending on what you are, but it comes down to forward projected revenue times a, a number that's determined to how fast or how slow you're growing. 
Right. And so now the issue that that presents, let's say for a startup founder, kind of no matter what stage they're in, is that um, it changes what an investor is willing to invest in in the first place, right? And what they're looking at, but then it also completely changes the valuation. So in the last 10 years, if the founder has been the one in the driver's seat, it's sort of now flipped, right? To where the investor yep. can essentially say, if you need money, here's totally. the terms that we're willing to give you, either take it or, or leave it. And that's why right now that things like revenue and a low burn rate are so important in a, in an environment right. like this. And, and if at all, like there could be a quarter or two of, Hey, there's not a lot of angel money around for pre-revenue pre-product, right? I don't think there's going to be a lot of investment in that space mm -hmm. right now. Mm -hmm. Um, Product market fit with some revenue, I think, is going to be a minimum for for early investment money. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And 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 that is essentially because any investor needs to see first and foremost what happens to their portfolio of companies they already have, because they might need to reinvest capital to keep them going. just to keep them going. Right, right, right. So, okay, so you mentioned the dot com crash, and you mentioned the you know we mentioned the Great Recession, and we sort of mentioned. I guess like the differences between what we're walking through now and maybe what it was then, how long do these normally last? So the dot-com crash was, see here, two and a half to three years. The Great Recession was about a year and a half. Um, is there like a time period that things look at? I mean, I've heard people say a year, 18 months, yeah. two years. You just they have no vary, idea, right? You know? mm -hmm. Yeah, they all vary. And it just depends on all this other underlying stuff that we're talking about. Like if we're, if there's still a war going on, you know, in the fourth quarter in Ukraine, shoot, man, that is just like going to be painful because it just drags, let alone all the f world food prices and like the missing the wheat crop this year. And like, it's just going to be. So hmm. if that resolves and we can basically have a consumer led, you know, journey through, through this year and not that we're a big political uh, pundits here, but I, th I think the, um, the Republicans are going to take back control of at least mm -hmm. one chamber. And that's right. That I didn't even think about midterms are in like six right? months. Gosh. Yeah. So that, that will, markets will like that, I predict. Mm -hmm. And I think what the, you know, when everything's kind of flying, you can kind of handle bad policy. But I, I, I think at least if we can get some kind of moderate <laughs> political climate where you just haven't got extremisms on both sides, if that, can stable. And then I think, you know, we could get out of this being mild this year and, you know, off to mm -hmm. the, uh, off to the moon again for 2023. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk like, I guess, real practical. So, and again, we'll link to this, um, the video and the slide deck in the show notes, cause it's really good. And they, they talk so much about macro and, and mm -hmm. all kinds of historical stuff, but let's like go, I guess, to the more micro. So practical. So the people that listen to this podcast are, uh, startup founders of all kinds. Some of them have, uh, cash flow businesses. Some of them are building tech products. You know, mm -hmm. some of them are just creators with a blog and a YouTube channel and a podcast that pay their bills that yep. way, right? Yep. Um, so, the part of this presentation I liked was essentially things to think about that are in your control. So, a lot of this right. stuff is totally it's out of my control. It's out of your control. Yep. It's out of all of our control. There's nothing we can do about it. Right. Um, but what we can control is the the way that we're operating in the midst of yep. of this. So, yep. I want to walk through some of the. Um, 
advice that they gave to their founders. And I just maybe want to hear your perspective on what this mm -hmm. means for, let's say, the startup founder to the person yep. who has a, you know, a, a business that services lawns and has 25 yep. employees out in the field, right? So first one here, this is like specifically probably to startup founders, which is top up if possible and be open to low valuations. Yeah, what scenario does someone have to be in to, well, to do that? Well, you don't have any burn, right? So if you run out of money, your business dies. Mm -hmm. So that's the thing. It's default. What it, was it, girly? Like it's default alive or it's default mm -hmm. dead. Yep. Right. So when you, if you have 20 employees and you can, you know, have the lights on until, you know, Q1, 23, you, you better go find some more money. Look, this is if you're burning money and it's going to run out. Your mm -hmm. bank account's going to go to zero. Mm -hmm. You better find some money to keep that thing going another year to hang in, hang on and get through this tight period. And is it worth taking a lower valuation that you've done previously? Absolutely. If you want to keep the business go going. Right. Otherwise, it's just going to die. Mm -hmm. So um, it's, you know, the, the combination of, um, you know, hiring freeze, all this kind of common sense, like, Stop spending, mm -hmm. extend life expectancy as far as you can, take whatever money is available for you at potential low valuation and just batten down the hatches and get through. Mm -hmm. that, mm -hmm. That's what this next 12 months is for, yep. for early stage, pre-profitable companies that are building a product and building customers and building a business. It's going to take you an extra year. Mm -hmm. You're not going to be where you thought you were going to be in 12 months. You're going to mm -hmm. be less than that. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And in these kind of environments, so you just got to batten down and go through the storm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The next one is adjust now to ensure 30 plus months of runway, right. um, which sounds but extreme, but we're kind of in an extreme environment, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's over. What's that? Two, like mm -hmm. yeah, two and a half two and years. Basically two and a half years. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. That's a long time. So what, is, what does somebody do if they're in this scenario and they're looking at that 30 months and they're just going, okay, that's not possible, you know? Right. Um, for some people that's not possible. What do you, what, what do you think when you read something like that? I mean, is that like, how extreme do we get here? I mean, you know, you hear these stories of startup founders and they're yeah. cutting salaries or the founder stops taking a wage or like, I mean, it's sort of is like everything is on the table to say, how does this yeah. thing continue? All of the above. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So that that's why you've got to take the emotion out a little bit and look at the health of what it is, your business and essentially make life-saving decisions. Mm -hmm. And, mm -hmm. you know, that's that's just, look, it, it's brutal how capitalism works on the downside. As good as it works on the upside, it is a blood, <laughs> like <laughs> it is just like culling season where the weak get eaten, mm -hmm. you know, by the strong. And that's just capitalism. So you can't champion capitalism when you're the beneficiary of capitalism and you can't get down on it when you get culled mm -hmm. from the herd you got to go this is the you know field i'm playing in and and you know you got to take the the good with the bad and so mm -hmm. if if you're running out of money in the next 12 months you're in big trouble yep um and and sometimes you know it's better to just go you know cut your losses mm -hmm. and and say this is where you know uphill battle here um i think if every entrepreneur it's the most painful thing for them to ever do, but you got to be able to say, you know, this thing is beyond life support, mm -hmm. right? right? And you got to give it everything you got to keep it going. But there's going to be some hard decisions to make in the next twelve or eighteen months. Mm -hmm. So, what about for somebody who, let's say they they're not worried about a burn rate because they have a profitable business, yeah. um, and but 
and maybe they're not even feeling the squeeze from this in their industry yet, but maybe they right. will. Maybe they have a consumer goods company. Maybe they sell right. T-shirts. Maybe they right. – I mean, whatever it might be. Right. Um, they're sort of maybe going, I don't even really feel this yet, but they sort of – so, so they're not worried necessarily about burn rate, but maybe now is the time to say, okay, we're going to just conserve They do every- all the same things except – and the and – the- they do exactly everything the, the, the company that's going to run out of money does, except they're storing money. So I, I still think the, uh, the posture is, you know, let's get like super, um, you know, conservative on our expenses and store up more money for a rainy day. And then in 12 rainy months of kind of tightening the belt like that, Maybe they're in a phenomenal position to go buy former competitors or to invest big time in sales and marketing or whatever, but just conserve cash. Mm-hmm. It, what industries, and this is just kind of a totally off the wall question, but what industries are uh, grow in a recession? I mean, I mean, in what world is somebody in a position right now going, man, this may be the thing that my business has been waiting for, or are we still just in that? We don't know what's going to happen. So for it, anyone yeah. to say that feels a bit ridiculous anyway. Yeah, just it, it's like we need a quarter or two. We've got to let let interest rates kind of bubble through the global banking system. Mm-hmm. Most developed countries are upping rates right now, and so we've got to. That's going to try and tamp down some of this. We're trying not to crash this plane too badly, and so I just think it's. Uh, but I would say this: it is often during economic crisis that is a great time to start a business. Mm-hmm. And and you know if you've got enough of your own capital and you've you know been kind of toiling away at deciding whether you're going to you know launch this company or whatever, it's not a bad time. It's never a bad time mm-hmm. to start a business ever. Um, so a lot of companies get like born out of you know painful situations like this. But I think if you're um, you know you're a small company, you're going to conserve as much cash as you can, get mm-hmm. through it, and then pounce when the opportunities present themselves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Next one is well, we'll skip the one of them. Modify hiring plans. Consider hiring freeze. Can still hire yep. for key roles. I think that's relevant for uh, probably a very more small percentage of people. But yep. yeah, the idea there is like, is it absolutely essential? Um, yep. If so, I guess if there's a direct ROI related to that role being filled, yeah, right, something to yep. that effect. But for the most part, yep. it's we, sort of like hiring freeze or modify those plans, basically, right? For the last twelve months, we have been asking a question around both hiring and product development. What does it do to revenue? And if it doesn't increase revenue, it's it's a it's a vanity project that's staying on the shelf, mm-hmm. right? So everything we spend right now is directly, it, will this grow revenue? And if it does, we'll do it. If it doesn't, we don't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, the next is aim for a burn multiple of around two or lower. Can you just maybe give that I know we talked about it before, but just like layman's terms, what's burn multiple? What is what exactly does it mean? This is more of a SaaS thing on what it costs you to acquire a customer, right? Um, typically, you, if it costs you a thousand dollars to, you know, get a customer, and that customer is earning you a hundred dollars a month, that's that's ten months, right? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. Typically, you want your acquisition to stay under twelve. Eighteen months is okay. 24 months is too much. And the idea like, that this is even said now is because in some stages of growth, it's worth it to spend more totally. to acquire a customer because that customer's lifetime value ultimately. But again, you're front running that cash at, at the beginning. So essentially what he's saying here is like hold off on spending more right. than what a customer acquisition will actually get you in revenue right now. Yeah, beyond 12 months is, beyond 12 is probably months. risky. 
Okay. Okay. Um, and then I guess the last one here, he says that's in our control is act fast. I think yeah. recessions seem to be the place for uh, people who are uh, doers, people who are like, get it done now, act fast, move, um, and who are really agile. Is that what he yeah. means by that, you think? Yeah. And I think, look, if you think you should lay off that employee, you should do it. Mm-hmm. If you think you should stop, you know, investing in this thing over here, you should do it. Like, don't think about it. If you're ever going to make hard decisions, it's in this climate that you make them and you make them quickly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So here's some good news. And this is where they kind of they kind of end in their thing, which I love. So the good news, some of the most iconic companies were founded in recessions. Among those, Google, Amazon, Salesforce, Airbnb, Stripe, and PayPal, which are all not just brand big brand names, but they're behemoths from a business standpoint. Right. I mean, these are some of the right. best companies in the world. Gecko. Uh, Gecko yeah. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a cool thing to think about. Uh, yeah. Stripe, yeah. you've, you've, you've had a relationship with Stripe really since they were a, a lot yeah. smaller of a company. I bet you've seen, um, every oh, single yeah. for, uh, you've seen every single part of their business growth, right? I remember being in their, at their campus in 2015 when I think they had like under 250 people. Wow. They're at six, 8,000 now. So yeah, um, what a fantastic company. Mm-hmm. Like all these companies are awesome. And the thing is, is that I think in 2000, you could have got Amazon for two $2, $3 a share, <laughs> right? And so it's like 22 years later, let's, let's have the $3,000 stock. Mm-hmm. That is insane. So, I mean, that's the thing. And look, it, it's, it's, it's fine if there's some contraction in the economy. And like I said, the, the, the dross is scraped off the top, mm-hmm. right? The, the businesses that don't have good fundamentals, that don't have good products, they get pushed aside and uh, the ones that do stay and they usually benefit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, the next one, everything gets easier except raising money. Hence why we said to conserve your cash. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if, if you've got to take some money at a low valuation, take it, mm-hmm. keep that thing alive. If you believe in the business, you have clear convictions about what you're doing and the products and services you're building and mm-hmm. the customers' problems you're solving. Just get through it and then the upside will come. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then opportunity to course correct, focus on fundamentals, which you just right. mentioned, even in yep. your business. Does right. this Absolutely. have an immediate it's- impact on revenue? If not, this thing's going on the shelf for now. And there yep. may be a time where we can pick it back up, but right now we're not, not only not yep. probably not putting any uh, capital towards it, we're not putting any focus towards it, <laughs> right? Exactly. Yeah. You've only got X amount of, you got X amount of capital, but you got X amount of brain space, mm-hmm. right? And time in the day. And like, we, I, we, we all fit a lot into our day, entrepreneurs. We just, we can p- perform at a very high, you know, level and output incredible amounts of energy into certain things when we focus, but there's only so much, so you got to conserve where you need to conserve, put all your energy where you know it's going to really benefit your business and just stay the course. Like entrepreneurs are like renowned for getting distracted. This shiny thing, that new thing. Should we go down that market? Should we develop this product? Mm-hmm. I'm the worst in the world at that. Same. This, this is the time to just, man, you've got to just lock it in. And uh, there's a point in sailing where you find the right wind and you like you're, you're tacking to try and find the wind and you got to work out when how to set the sail. But when you find it, you, you tie it down, and you just hold it, mm-hmm. right? Because it's the best it's the best wind hitting the sail at the kind of right angle, and that's propelling you to where you want to go. Mm-hmm. You just once you find it, you got to lock it down and stay the course. Yep, yep. 
cool. The last thing he says is, which and this is, I think, to me, a cool way to close. Um, you know, they say the world keeps spinning, right? Yeah. In other words, we're going to keep living. You know, I think what's really cool is for us as people of faith, um, yeah. this is an opportunity to even more um, trust the God that we say we trust and right. operate in a way that we think gives us not just the business advantage, but the advantage to fulfillment and purpose. Um, well, that's everything, right? Like if you don't have faith in something bigger than you and you don't have literal faith in the fact that God is guiding your steps and shining a light on your path and that you are here to do good and build the kingdom in whatever capacity and gift set that you've been given, if that's your anchor, you're fine. Because you, I mean, I'm sure you have, I know I have, I've been to hell and back right in in the worst possible times in my life but i clung on to the faith that i had that god loves me mm-hmm. that i'm a child of god mm-hmm. um if you you can get through anything so that sounds pretty drastic I, we're not talking about kind of this yep. although man losing a business is yeah losing a part of your soul it's mm-hmm. brutal mm-hmm. but to the point of what we really understand as being the big picture and you know what really drives us through life it's uh if we build businesses and they're profitable and they support our families and they give good jobs and they create wealth and they help the kingdom grow. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if it's less than that, that's, that's okay too. God still loves you. So mm-hmm. keeping the main thing, the main thing where it comes to what you believe um, is really important in, yeah. in times of uncertainty, which mm-hmm. that I wouldn't say, I wouldn't describe what we're in right now as like this crashing, terrible, the world, the sky is falling. It's it's just a moment. Cerise, yeah. And 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 we're gonna get through it. Mm-hmm. How do you and this will be my last question, how do you and I guess it's probably different for you. You have a profitable business. You you're not a young startup that's just trying mm-hmm. to like get your legs under you. So you're always gonna feel that stability probably a bit more than someone who's just getting going. But right. certainly it affects your psyche. Certainly it's something that you think about and worry about. Sure. But at the same time you got a wife, you've got kids, you've got grandkids, you've got People, like, people like me who are bothering you every week to get on the phone and, and give yeah. me advice. Like, how do you, um, yet I, I never sense from you, like some sort of like stress or anxiety or whatever you seem focused. What's that like for you just to sort of like block out the noise, keep being I've the man that ve- you are. Yeah. I've had some very stressful times in my life, you know, um, and, and launched into things and not always had the right kind of foundation to be able to pull it off. Um, but I, I think, you know, having learned a little bit through the ups and downs of just crap that life throws you, you, you gotta just take it and, and take the, the licks, you know, and, uh, and remember them, right. When things are good, when things are good, you never think it's going to end. Like, you know, November last year, no one thought six months later, mm-hmm. we're going to have 14% of global wealth wiped out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Like no one thought that. Right. I mean, it was it was diamond hands to the moon forever. And mm-hmm. There was a few little signs of this and that, and there was a few like eh. But man, look what's happened. So, mm-hmm. man, when when things are good, you never think it's going to end. And when things are bad, you've got to understand that that is going to pass, mm-hmm. and it doesn't last forever. And you keep doing fundamentals. You love your family. You do everything, you know, according to your values and the integrity that, you know, God's put in your heart to do things correctly. And you walk till you get to the other side. And if you mm-hmm. scar up a little bit, got a few bruises, so be it. But uh, you can't mm-hmm. stop. You got to go through. 
Yeah. Great stuff. Dean, as usual, thank you. Uh, awesome. Appreciate the insight. We're going to link to all that stuff in the show notes. And hey, hit us up. Let us know what's something that you're doing during this time. Uh, what are some changes you've made to your business? What are some things you're thinking? Hit us up with questions, thoughts, yeah. anything and everything. We'd love to share all of that. You can reach us on Instagram at Kings and Priests Podcast, or you can email me, mw at vast.faith, and we'll get back to you that way. And we'll see you next week. Dean, thank you, sir. See you later. Thanks, mate. Bye.